Pie in the Sky Media. This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence throughout. Listener discretion is advised. Three, two, one. Welcome back, Murder Chronicles Nation, to another bonus episode of the hit podcast, The Murder Chronicles, hosted by the great Carolyn Osorio, who we're lucky enough to have join us again today. Woo-hoo! Hello, Carolyn. Hello. Hello, Brandon. Welcome back. It's been uh it's been a week or two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I survived my vacation. Uh back back in the habit here back at my desk ready to go how, how have you been how's your summer so far uh, doing great i mean it's kind of like you know when you forget that the kids are getting out of school and then all of a sudden it's like oh wait a second there's more work now <laughs> i know it's like they don't want to do camps they don't want to do this they don't want to do that i'm like and we don't want them melting their brains on screens all day right because then i feel like exactly. a neglectful parent yeah i well of course but it's like there's got to be some give and take. Um, and then I, I have to stop myself from doing, well, when we were kids, you know. You go outside with a stick and rocks for 12 hours. And we laugh, but it's true. You know, I know. True. That's what we did. We had nothing to do. You know, just go get in trouble. But um, uh, so. Speaking of kids. Yeah. That we're so lucky to have. Yeah. Uh, you know how. Brandon likes him some forensic stuff, right? <laughs> I told you I was giving it to you. Yeah. Well, this episode really, really delivered. But also, you know, it's like, be careful what you wish for. Like when I was. Don't listening... even go there. I no, told you. I was listening to the description of the child's handprint. Mm. I wanted to throw my fucking computer out the window, right? Because I was sitting there and I was kind of doing it. You know, and, and I was going through, like, if you're laying on your back in the hand, and I went, okay, all right. Uh, that that was a little too much forensic information. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, here's but, the thing. Like, what these people do, yeah. and after talking with Jennifer Shen, and this woman, like, I've worked with her before, and she was my first person that I went to and said, hey, I've got this dipshit named Brandon Morton. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, and, and I, I just was kind of like, okay, what? And and she told me about the case, and she's like, this case, and and I was like, oh man, he is just gonna hate this case. And then I thought, you know what? What they did to accomplish the goal of like bringing resolution and justice, you know, some measure of resolution, I should say, for the family, and and I just feel like it's so much, and um, you know, it's worthy to see what they do, you know, to bring this case to to fruition. Yeah. And listen, and you jumped in there a little bit. Like you looked at a picture, didn't you? According to the audio. I, I didn't really have, that's why I was like, she, okay. So I didn't fully complete that. So she's like, you know what, in order for you to get this, cause yeah. we were just going to do an, an interview yeah. and um, she's like, you know what, I'm going to go through the entire PowerPoint with you because she had it. Yep. And, and I was like, okay. And okay, because so- that was one of the points I was, I'm sorry to interrupt you, that I was making before we started recording that I was waiting until now, is that there was something that was that seemed a little bit off in her interview for me. And then I realized, oh, she's reading something this whole yeah. time, right? Because yeah. it, it wasn't yeah. flowing like a normal conversation with the hesitations or the reconsiderations or the ums or the ahs. Like she was just reading 
And mm-hmm. so when I got that, that barrier between me and the content kind of went away and I was able to like fully immerse in it, you know? Yeah, it was, was definitely, yeah. yeah, it was a little stodgy and she was mm-hmm. like worried about that. But I, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like she really wanted to go through it and get it accurate. And so I was like, you know, when someone wants to give you your their time like this, yep. I mean, I wanted to 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 fully spotlight it. And um, it was a bit awkward. I totally give it to you. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you know, it was worth it. So um yeah. But but yeah, so I'm going through the PowerPoint with her and I didn't know that that was happening, you know, and she's just like, you know, do you want to, you know, and I, I didn't really have, a, I mean, we always have choices, but I was kind of like, and so, yeah, I, I saw a picture and um, it was very difficult to yeah, say. I don't, the wanna, I don't, I don't want to hear about it. If you want to describe it, I'll plug my ears so the listeners can hear no i mean i don't think i need to and honestly like i don't want to either she did it enough like it was it was described it it was it was described yeah uh but there's so much stuff here that that i was just i was furious i'm showing my notes i was furiously taking notes um one of them about the tape pulls that she was talking about right Mm -hmm. and no, like as I was thinking, I'm like, why don't they just get a vacuum cleaner? And then it was explained like right then. And I went, oh, well, no shit. Because the vacuum cleaner is going to get a bunch of stuff that you don't need that's going to predate the crime. I went, oh my God, that's great. Because it mm-hmm. reminded me of, I read a lot of James Michener. I think I've mentioned him several times. And one of his books is called The Source, which is basically the entire history of, it winds up being a history of, of, of Judaism. Uh, but going all the way back to like prehistoric man, like er humans. And there is one piece of land that has always been uh, inhabited because it's on a rise and there's a water source. And so it's just, oh, first it's where cavemen lived and then various cities have been built there on the trade route to Jerusalem. And so there's this garbage pit thousands of years old and it's these archaeologists that are excavating this garbage pit and layer after layer after layer tells the story of humanity. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so that's what I was thinking of. And I'm like, in oh, such a micro, no, you only want what happened on the absolute surface that fucking scotch tape's going to get. You don't want even the increased strength of a vacuum cleaner because mm-hmm. it might get something that will throw you off. Love yeah. That. I mean, it, again, it was like a, a, a view into the world that isn't just a CSI show. Yep. And I mean, it was, there was a lot that I didn't include because it would just be like, you know, it's, it's overwhelm mode, but I definitely, the work that they do, I mean, can you imagine separating all that data from the different crime scenes? And then, yeah. you know, and then, and then when she described that feeling of being on the stand and knowing that your work is going to be in like, like defense attorneys who are going to just tear, rip it, tear it apart. Yep. And yep. and it's just like, and you can't be emotional and you have to be like, it's, it's just the pressure I don't even want to think about that type of pressure. I know. I know. I, I it was, but that's what they do. That's what they do. You no, know, that's what they do. And and you hear her saying shit like, I was going through a separation, a four-year-old and a one-year-old. I couldn't think about that. I couldn't think about my kids. I couldn't think about anything like but the case to a point where, and you know, maybe, maybe not, but the shit going on in her life, it might have been like, okay. I'm grateful to shut all of that out to be able to focus on something this important. 
right? For this family to put this to rest, to fit, to put this monster in jail. Okay. Like I can, you know, willfully shut out all this other stuff in my life and turn that noise off. Cause it's necessary. You know, I mean, you'd have to, I don't know how you, you know, how you couldn't. And especially yeah. like, you know, as a mother, especially with young children, like yeah. that is just like, you know, you're wearing your heart on your sleeve basically, yeah. oh, and you, yeah. have to, you know, figure out, but, and yet you have a job to do. And she's really interesting. Like she told me that um, there's like something called the Scully effect. I don't know if you've ever heard about it, but mm -hmm. it's basically like when X, or um, X files, X -Files. Came, that's was, Scully, Dana Scully, special yeah, agent Scully. Scully. Okay. Absolutely. And okay. I freaking love Mulder. Oh my yeah, God. Sure. Like, let me just fangirl over Mulder. Yeah, of course. Like, I'll join yeah. you. He's great. Of yeah. Course. Um, anyway, so many, so many girls saw Scully and they went into STEM because of her. And that's why mm. so many, there's so many women in uh, CSI because they were like, yeah. Is there really a measurable effect because yes. of the television show? Yes. Wow. She told me that. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, I did a show, um, one of the first podcasts I produced called, Can You Survive This Podcast? It's about a Navy SEAL putting guests in in survival situations and seeing if they have the skills to to get out of it alive, right? Really, really fun. It's almost like a game show. And uh, we've gone through two hosts, both Navy SEALs, both joined the Navy because they saw Top Gun, okay? And like wanted to be naval aviators. And they said yeah. everyone in their recruiting class, like 90% of their recruiting classes was because of that fucking movie. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to have a new splurge with our right now because of the new one. Yep. Because of the new one. I mean, yep. the new one is like such a just a propaganda recruiting tool. Like okay, that's it. Well, you know what? I am not going to lie. I love Tom Cruise, even though he's. Wild. I love Tom Cruise. He's a national treasure. He's the, I know, he's the greatest is. movie star of all time. Are you being sarcastic? I'm no, I'm 100% true. I've met him twice. Okay. He's the nicest person that you will ever meet. Not the nicest celebrity, not the, not, no, person. The nicest person that you'll ever meet. Uh, and I think he's the greatest movie star of all time, without with, without question. You know, I think that like this whole Scientology stuff, and I don't nah, want to get into whatever. that, but like, I think that like whatever he's doing, when you have that level of fame, like, mm -hmm. and I know people are like, oh, go cry me a ripper because you're famous and you're rich. But no, I mean, seriously, like so many people, like, He's been able to do what he does for so long yeah. and do it so well. And it's like, you know, who knows what that focus is of Scientology, like allows him to, I don't know, but I, I love Tom Cruise. So I don't know, you know. either. I, I just know that a, he's from, he's from New Jersey, he's from North Jersey, from very, very close to where I grew up. Okay. So we claim. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> Look out. And, and there's a great story about him. His first gig, there was this fantastic movie uh called taps you ever see taps of course yeah sean penn timothy hutton okay mm -hmm. at the military academy that's shot yeah. in north jersey okay mm -hmm. and so the story goes tom cruise is a high school senior right mm -hmm. it's about to be summer and this casting call goes out for extras to mm -hmm. be in taps okay and cruise is like i'm going All right it was a one-day job and it happened to land on the day of his high school graduation. And all of his friends were like, well, you can't do it. You're graduating high school. He goes, I don't give a shit. I'm already done with high school. What do I care if I walk across the stage? I'm going to be an actor. And this is my first thing. And I'm going. They're like, no, you can't. You can't. We're friends in high school forever. He's like, no, I'm going. So he, 
He fucks <laughs> off from his graduation and he goes to the set and he shows up. What he doesn't realize is that there's this drama happening with an actor. There's an actor there that's struggling with drug addiction. And the actor's father goes up to the director on day one and says, please fire my son. Okay. Because these, he's got a big problem. And if he gets all this money in his pocket, blah, 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 bad shit could happen to him. And so as soon as the dad says that. Yeah, sounds familiar, right? As soon as the dad says that, the actor has gone because the director knows something that could be harmful to the production of the film. So he's got to fire this kid. So what does he have to do? He has to recast that role that day from the extras that were on set. Tom Cruise auditioned and got the part and that, and that was it. And that set him, set him on his, on his, on his way. But you, you know, know but, in every yeah. single interview I've ever heard with Tom Cruise, he's goes above and beyond. I mean, if it wasn't this one, it would have been something else because he's so. That dedicated. was my next, that was my next thing. You weren't going to be able to keep him down. One was soon one way or the no. other. His no. incandescent charisma was going to be noticed somewhere. Right. And, and his yeah. hard work ethic, that dude, like he doesn't like watches a movie a day for yeah. just research. He yeah. totally doesn't take vacations. Like I'm not saying like for other people who are like, oh, we need balance and I get that, but I yeah. really can appreciate someone who is after all these years, so yeah. dedicated, you know, so dedicated to the craft and what, yeah. what he's doing. So love his stuff. Absolutely love his stuff. Okay. So going back to this episode, um, something struck me in a kind of a funny way, uh, I realized this is not the second, probably not the third, maybe the fourth time that a bad guy in one of these episodes used, I forgot my wallet as a defense for a fucked up alibi. Okay. Mm. I'm trying to remember. It's not coming off the top for me. Okay. There were, there were those, there were, there were those dipshits, uh, the, that, left and came back like four times first it was the dog then it was the wallet then it was something else when they massacred the whole family their parents oh right yes right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> that yeah. was that was one okay, but right. so and then i'm oh, thinking I... about it right but then i'm thinking about it and i'm like you've have you ever lost your wallet um... okay, i've lost my wallet and it's awful anybody who's lost their wallet would go would instant in my opinion would instantly mm. give someone go oh okay dude i hear you that sucks Okay, like it's it would be a good excuse to go way out of your way or to double back or to burn half of a day looking for your wallet. So it's not a bad alibi if you're making something up because all you need is one cop or one detective who's been in your shoes and be like, okay, yeah, that's fucked up. I'll let me help you look for it, you know. So yeah, so like so that was that. Phone. Have you ever felt like you're losing? Have you ever lost your phone? Like I almost feel like it's the same kind of intensity. Yeah, like, very similar. And that would for a second. That would be the same thing for me now because I have one of the the phone cases where you keep your credit cards and shit in them, right? I, I, yes. I don't carry a wallet anymore. Yeah. Right. But I'm just saying even yep. like the idea of you can't find it for like 10 minutes is like, it's that's it's when I really realize how addicted I am because yeah. then it's, it's off the rails. Yeah. You know? It's awful. I know. It's awful. Um, And so then the next, this is just a series of things that made me go, holy shit. So um. The fact that they were about to make a deal with this guy, like minutes away from making a deal when they got the call that they found the girl, like, mm -hmm. and then, and then he still turns around and mm -hmm. pleads not guilty. Right. Like I, it's something that I don't understand that I would have loved to have asked one of the detectives or one of the attorneys involved, like the process of making a deal isn't secret. Right. There's like, it's got to be a judge involved or prosecutor. The other side is involved. So the mm -hmm. other side knows 
that he's guilty at least of knowing where the body like like he's wrong in some very significant way in this mm-hmm. okay and all no, of that, I think- supposed to forget about it He's like, oh, now I'm pleading not guilty. Like yeah, all I mean, of that I... is thrown out, like not admissible in court. Like couldn't an attorney say this fucking guy was about to tell us where the body was? No, what? I think that's a part. I think that's a part of the deal. I can't remember what the actual thing is, what it's called. But there's basically that thing where it's like, OK, we're going to talk, but we're not going to use anything against you. I mean, there is some legal term that I that I can't think I can't remember what it's called. Right. And I'm sure this is exactly what that is, just in case the deal doesn't go through. So it's like he can have options like, OK, we're just going to talk about it. But until you actually sign anything, this can't be used against you. And of course, the attorney would make sure his defensive attorney would make sure that right, that's exactly that what was in place, that he's protected. Oh, you know, clearly he was because, you know what? I mean, look, at deals fall through all the time. You know, I mean, we know that. And it's not even like yeah. a murder trial. Right. Gosh. OK. And then the incredible luck that this poor girl's hands were intact and were mummified and were able to be rehydrated so they could match that awful tragic fucking handprint on the inside of that of that rv that was I, I mean i don't want to say lucky but that was you know uh fortunate in terms of the prosecution okay that they were able to do that uh, yeah um and and I'd never heard of it before. I'd never heard of mummification and rehydration with the enough with enough accuracy to have a usable print that would pass muster in court. Like yeah. that's a I mean, super I've, high bar. I've heard of it before, and but I actually saw it with the pictures. Wow! So it was like incredible. I mean, it was it was incredible. So like before and after, like here's mummified, here's rehydrated. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Really? Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got into my favorite part of the episode where I was like in a lecture learning about trace evidence. I loved it. You I, did? I loved it. I loved it. Okay. Looking for connections where there shouldn't be connections. That's like the bottom line of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I loved mm-hmm. all of that. I was aware of the of the low the low card exchange principle because I've just read a ton of Sherlock Holmes, you know. Um, I know, I know, me too. Yeah, yeah. So I was, but that's I, what, hold on, I just have to say one thing. The the whole thing with the dirty dancing thing, that's what was so upsetting that I couldn't. So upsetting, that pissed me off. I mean. <laughs> that pissed me off so much. So I wanted to go, oh, fucking bullshit. That's a stretch of the low card principle, but it's not. No. And yeah. then especially with her going over there on Tuesday for the yeah. girls' cookie thing. Like, you know he was using that. Oh, yeah, and, and. And, and she, you know, the, the neighborhood kids, you know, they just thought my RV was so cool. They wanted to break, break into, into it. Like, yeah. Anything, yeah. There was no evidence of that. Anything to introduce reasonable doubt. Anything right. to anything. introduce reasonable anything. doubt. Um, yeah. and, and I'm thinking like, all right, could, the, could the, the, the dirty dancing that they were doing, could all of that material, I mean, because there's there's got to be, it has to be diluted in steps. Okay, going both directions, right? Like, mom, let's follow the 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 defense for a second. What they're what they wanted the jury to believe. Okay, so here's the mom. Mm-hmm. She puts on like her her tight ass high waisted mom jeans to go out looking good at the bar, right? Okay, she's got her spanks on. She's got her spanks and her mom jeans. All right, 
But somewhere on the mom genes, we're supposed to believe that there's enough trace evidence of, say, the dog or fibers from her daughter's room or shit mm-hmm. that picked up in the dryer or whatever, mm-hmm. okay, that was then able to get passed to this guy dancing on the dance floor as they're like, you know, dry docking, as the kids call it today, right? Okay. So then that happens. And then this guy is able to then leave with all of that trace evidence on his like, on his like pleated khakis, whatever he wears to look good to go out to the club. Right. And then he gets home and then what takes a ride in like in his cool RV because he's desert Dave. Okay. And what he sleeps in those pleated khakis and all that trace material gets passed on to his, to his cool RV. I mean, that's a stretch, right? But you and, and, and you forget that all of his material like gets put on her, you know, sure. and, the then mom, gets, you know all, and then it gets, and then it gets, and then it gets, so yes. I'm saying like, there has to be a level of dilution of the possibility of, of, you know, passing this material on, um, but is there is is the probability zero? No. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's why reasonable doubt. I read this great book by Bugliosi, that great attorney, uh, who wrote, I think he wrote Helter Skelter, but he wrote Outrage, why how OJ Simpson got away with murder. Okay. And he took went to great pains in that book to explain reasonable doubt. And that it's often confused with meaning beyond all doubt, but it's not. You're there, you're allowed by law to have some doubt and still convict it's is the doubt reasonable right mm-hmm. and it's such a weird confusing mm-hmm. to, to a lay person like myself um i i really appreciated his his definition and his his explanation of it and so just because the possibility isn't zero of all of that stuff that we just went through doesn't mean well there's reasonable doubt no because that would be unreasonable to think it as opposed to what's more likely to have happened. Absolutely. I mean, I think that that, I think that my feeling about when people are um, being prosecuted for something is that they really have to have that physical evidence because one person, I mean, I think Benjamin Franklin said this, like, I can't remember what the quote is, but basically like if one person that's innocent gets put away, it, it's not worth it, you know? Correct. And Correct. I think that that's, I think that's true. But right. in this case, there was so much, so much evidence that it was like beyond a reasonable doubt. And Absolutely. you have to also remember, also going back to what we were talking about before, the prosecution, the side of justice knew that he was about to make a deal. Okay, so they knew that he was guilty. He was about to admit it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. so they weren't worried about maybe putting an innocent man away. No, but right. I'm talking about the people that they go after. Correct. And it's like they don't have anything. Yeah. And it's like they're in. I mean, how many people are in jail right now? Yeah. And, and our system is supposedly designed to to avoid that. The bar is so high to avoid an innocent man getting sent away or a woman getting sent away. I get it. And it should be high. It should be really, really high. That's the reason why a lot of people are opposed to the death penalty, you know? Um, but Well, uh, you know, Mo's not. Holy sh- Jesus Christ, Mo. <laughs> Slow down. She was like, you're governor. I'm you're like, governor. Like, like, you don't, I'm like, Carolyn doesn't I'm live in, in fucking California. I'm in Seattle, okay? <laughs> 
we have a governor here with a moratorium as well but yeah we, yeah, yeah yeah you know uh just and so then um uh i grew up with the dog uh, that was half Weimaraner and half black lab. So I know the short hair shedding dogs. Great, mm -hmm. great, great dog. Um, and uh, I like that Layla uh, contributed to this. I just, wasn't it so sad about how she was like, had dog hair all over her and slept with her dog. And I just like that detail just. Uh. The detail that really fucked me up was the timeline. Okay, that he was in the room while the parents oh. were, eating, were eating fucking pizza and he was waiting for them to go to bed. What, just like sitting on the floor, like on his phone, like playing fucking, you know, word words with friends. You know what I mean? Like, what was he doing while the girl's asleep? Just sitting there. I, 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 I hadn't even thought about that. Like before I got, before she told me that it was at the end of the interview and, yeah. and. Mo said that she, that's the thing. We'll never know exactly. You know, he could have possibly gone through the slider or he could have gone through the garage door when they had been smoking pot. Right. So, and, then and that's, well, you're, you're opening up another series of questions that I'll ask in a second, but, but finish. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't thought about that, about him going in there and waiting and hearing the adults laughing and hearing like, and just squirreling away. And it reminded me of the Jack Spillman, um, where we think of it as like in, in our previous episode when we were talking about like, oh my gosh, how, how could he have done this, you know, to go in and knowing, but but they get off on stuff like that. Like they love this idea of secretly being there and the potential for getting caught. Like their, their thought process is not like ours where, um, you know, we would be like, this is the worst thing. We don't want to be here. We don't want to like, we're violating mm -hmm. privacy. We're like the, the people who do this type of crime, they are loving this. They are loving going inside and knowing that they could do something. I mean, it's just a different mindset. Okay. But remember what we talked about in episode one was my feeling is that this was his first time doing this. Well, we didn't okay. go into a lot of detail. Right. With with the but, previous, the, yeah. the relatives that he had, the little girls that he had tried to molest, but they mm. told. And so I think that, and in that, in those scenarios, he'd gone into their bed, bedrooms in the middle of the night. So I feel like even oh, though- Oh, okay. See, I didn't, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I, I, it, yeah. it seemed like he was the kind of, like he wasn't planning on getting caught. And so he was like in that room going, what the fuck am I going to say if someone comes in here? Like, I'm screwed. Do I fight my way out? Like, what do I do to try to talk my way out of it? Like, I, I don't know. I wish someone had cleared my search history because if I get caught, they're also going to see all the fucking kitty porn on my computer because I'm a dipshit, right? And so, like, I think he was sitting there squirming. And then when the parents just, you know, ate pizza, got fucked up and, like, went to bed, he was like, bingo, watch this, you know? I don't know. I, I feel like, what do you think that do you think he went through this the slider or do you think that he went through the the garage door and was there for a while i don't know and that was going to be my question so he never copped to anything he never gave a confession never said how he did it or when she got nothing. nothing he just shut the fuck up and he's still mm -hmm. alive in prison somewhere yep oh man yeah. you know the shit that i hope is happening to him on a daily basis in san quentin okay i just hope like to within an inch of his life every night and then he recuperates just enough to survive 
So it happens again the next day. That's it. Repeat over and over again. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It is so horrible. It's so absolutely horrible. And then the fact that he would actually go through an entire trial, knowing what they had, knowing that all the forensics and knowing that what he had on his computers, knowing his whole like dry cleaner situation. Like, I don't know how you could possibly, you know, go through that, you know? The blood stains in the RV, on his clothes, on the stuff at the cleaners. I mean, isn't it amazing that you think, I mean, I've never thought about like this, but like, I've thought about it now. That if you commit a crime, don't even bother washing your clothes. Right? I know, like because is it like his favorite shirt? I, I, I don't know. Listen, I don't know. When I was okay, I was in an awful car accident when I was seventeen. Okay, I was driving to Newark Airport to pick up a girl that I had been dating from Ohio. She was flying in to see me. Okay, and I wanted to look my best. And remember the oh clothing? God. Don't tell me your narcissism is what were you Hold looking on. in the rear mirror? Hold on. Remember the um the 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 surf brand OP? Of course, Ocean okay. Pacific. Ocean those Pacific. My brother shorts with the, the cords. My brother had this long sleeve OP t-shirt that I thought I looked fucking dope in. Okay. All right. So my brother's out with his friends. I get in my car. Okay. It just starts raining. Right. And I'm wearing that shirt and I'm going to the airport. I think I'm looking all fly. Right. I'm going to pick up my girl. Woo! Right. It's raining like hell. I lose control of my car. It like, boom, boom, boom. It rolls like three times. Awful. Some good Samaritan. I, all I remember is a gold Acura. Some good Samaritan and a gold Acura like pulls me out of my car. Cause he thought that it was going to explode. Okay ambulance and everything i come to in the ambulance all right and i'm like fucking bleeding everywhere and i've got a huge gash on my left arm and they take out those like weird scissors that like have an angle yeah right? yeah yeah <clears throat> and they're about to cut the shirt I'm like don't cut the shirt it's my brother's he can't find out that i'm wearing it <laughs> oh my gosh i've got one that's not as good but almost as good my sister she used to work at Safeway and she worked her ass off. She mm -hmm. was the type of person that was a bagger and she was there and she yeah. worked at school. And so she had money and I didn't. We're three years apart. I'm the younger sister. And she yeah. would literally got a lock on her door so that I wouldn't go in there and steal her clothes. And so, of course, I like figured out because it was one of those ones that like had screws on the side. So yeah. I could just screw it. So oh, Jesus. I don't think was I wearing like a, one of her bomb outfits that yeah i just thought i was so fly but my best friend went and read so we're, we're at the mcdonald's because that's where everybody like hangs out yeah, and yeah, go yeah. to a party and i'm totally wearing like my sister's entire awesome outfit and my best friend and my sister walks in <laughs> we weren't even wearing shoes <laughs> my sister had these like awesome like suede moccasins that were like had these like turquoise mm -hmm. oh yeah sure moccasins height of fashion <laughs> the late 80s hey op in jersey okay <laughs> jersey shore 
Yeah. <laughs> Big surf culture in North in the woods of North Jersey. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Anyway, we're just like the younger sis, the younger siblings, but yeah. um so but yeah. but all but this ties back to why did this guy the clothes that he was wearing when he murdered somebody that probably had evidence, why not burn them, leave them somewhere, hide them? But no, was it like his favorite outfit? I, I feel like I've actually been thinking about that because yeah. it just doesn't track. Yeah. And what I'm thinking is, is that he's probably in his mind that the, the road trip has gone off the rails so hardcore. Like, how does he explain not having a shred of clothes? Like when they're like, hey, where are, where are, the, where are the clothes you were wearing? Uh, I was wearing this. Oh, really? Boxers and undershirt and no shoes the whole time? <laughs> That's what you were wearing? <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, okay, wait a second. So you could have said you left your suitcase in the desert. You know, like what, what could you say to say that you got rid of your clothes? Yeah, like, I know, okay. which all comes back to this guy didn't know what the fuck he was doing. I think this was the first time. Yeah, no, I, I totally yeah. agree. I yeah. do think that there were things leading up that he just never got caught yeah. for. Yeah, you know. And my my last thought on this um, was that the the detective, the main the main woman that we heard this whole time, what was her name? Mo, Mo, Mo Parga. She, she really uh, kind of unloads on the parents at the end for not checking on the kids. Oh, Jen, uh, Jen, yeah, Jen, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She she didn't really pull any punches there to the point where I was like, I was I was a little shocked that she placed a lot of blame on them. Like they just didn't check. They just didn't check on the kids. They were out all night. They're eating pizza. They're da, da, da. The alarm was showing. The blight was blinking around. They don't check on their kids. I went, okay, easy. Jesus. That well, seemed I like a lot. You that a little bit last week yourself where you're like, okay, no, I, no, no, no. I, I was every door because of you. No, what I was thinking that I felt bad for the guy that he's got to live with himself for not doing that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And if he could change anything, obviously that's what he would do. He would change. I have to, I, you know, go open the door and check on the kids. But again, you know, like where I grew up, you know, no one locked their doors. No one locked anything, you know, like the government had to remind parents that they had kids every mm -hmm. night at 10 o'clock, right? Hey, it's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Right. Yeah. Like that came on the news. Oh, like our parents had to be reminded, right. That they were parents <laughs> every night. I so that there's places where people don't lock their doors all the time of course and there are this would be one of those neighborhoods yeah that's what because i'm saying that's yeah. what i'm saying so it wasn't out of the ordinary for them to not check on their kids at three in the morning before going to bed i think is is my thing okay and um and i just i just happen to be in the habit of doing that i'm a kind of a worried parent that's just i wasn't expecting to be that kind of parent but i am you know like i double check and triple check and I was the guy that, you know, up until a couple of years ago, I would make sure my kids were breathing if they were in a sound sleep. You know what I mean? I'd like put my hand on their chest, right? Are you but, talking about then they're not like little babies? You're talking about like their their children? They're yeah, like babies. now. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, I were, I don't know. I'm just a worried, a worried parent, I guess. I don't know. But so uh, I, I was in, in no way blaming them for not checking. I was just not to the extent that Jen was. Right. And and that was that that just shocked me a little bit at the end, how um she kind of let that let let us know how she feels about it. You know. 
I just think that it's it's such a related for me it's such a relatable thing. I mean, I could see the dad just being racked with guilt cuz usually 100%. like our house, you know, my husband checks all the doors before we go to bed. Like yeah, that's kind too. of his job. Me where too. I mean, I I see myself as the one that would be doing the dirty dancing, not necessarily because I'm doing <laughs> that, but because like, you know, it's like in the mom jeans, sure. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I'm just saying like I think it's so awful. And then yeah. to have this guy, you know, basically be like, yeah, it was her fault. And, and like, she passed her stuff to me and I, and I mean, it's just so awful. Yeah. So, and yeah. so the one thing that I think was missing that maybe Jen didn't go over is um, if it wasn't their client, generally the defense will offer an alternative to the jury like then this is this is what actually happened well and that's I didn't what they were that. doing with their with their lifestyle they were acting like their lifestyle is what invited somebody right, but else. who was the person i don't know, think like, they had a specific person right, okay. to say it could have been it, it, you know it's like the bushy-haired stranger that they invited in right. you know that was hot you know like yeah. that's that's the person like it could have been anyone because they were swingers okay right 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 yeah well, I'm glad that that didn't hold any water. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, oh, man. I, I actually have one question for you. Yeah. I was actually thinking about how I think that you would actually make a really good juror. Mm. Because Have you ever had jury duty? I mean, no. and not been able to get out of it? Nope. Because you always think about, you know, you think through these things like the hose, you think through these things like the interrogation, yeah. you think through these things. And you, it seems, but, but I do think that you have the bias with the child pornography, like that would be hard to overcome, right? Like if they didn't have all the physical evidence that Guilty. they have, Guilty. You... <laughs> that's what I think, but that's where that um, thought experience <clears throat> um, hit a brick wall was that I was like thinking like you wouldn't yeah. be able to like overcome that. No, I wouldn't. I, I, I'd want to go, you know, put my hands on the guy and, and hurt him, you know? But I'm not just talking about this guy. I'm no, no, but whoever it is, like if it was like a guy with kitty porn, I'm like, you know, yeah, I couldn't get by. Yeah, no. yeah. Anyway, okay. But no, you know, listen, I was. Yeah, I don't know. That could be fun. Could be interesting. What jury duty? Yeah. 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 But we'll see if I get next time I get a thing. You know, I was like once I was on vacation, like I was out of the country and I was, and then one time I went and I just didn't get called. And then when they got sent home, I think the case settled right before, you know, all that shit. Like I've always just missed it, but, mm -hmm. but <clears throat> my grandmother on my dad's side, no one knew because it's secret. I get, I don't know. It had to be this secret. She was a grand juror for a long time in New Hampshire. What is a grand juror. So, you know, you'll always hear like, you know, a grand jury was convened and blah, blah, whatever. Oh, right? oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, that's it's a, like that's, a single unit. <laughs> right. right. It's a, it's different than being on a jury. Like a grand jury is impaneled and, you know, I go, right. I think she, it goes. You're, you're calling her a grand juror because we're used to hearing grand jury, but this, she was a, she, she was, was a, a member of a grand jury. She was right, 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 right. right. And I guess when you're, when that happens, uh, a, a single group of a grand jury, at least how it was in New Hampshire back back in the day. Uh, if it works, it works, and they stick around for years in like several cases. And 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 grand juries are are done in secret. Like wow. she, she couldn't she couldn't tell anybody. I know it's weird. I still Sounds don't like understand the Illuminati. Like yeah, I still don't understand the whole grand jury process. But um, mm -hmm. 
But yeah, they they talk about a specific case or were there multiple cases? Multiple cases, multiple cases that go before the grand jury to get federal indictments. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, All okay. right. She okay. was a very, very trustworthy woman. I don't blame them for wanting her opinion, you know, or her mm-hmm. her level of discretion, you know, because no one fucking knew shit till after she died. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Wow. She could keep a secret. I guess. And it's also to protect them and, you know, and, and whatever. That's why it's kept secret, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, well, listen, this was, uh, d- despite the, the incredibly unsettling subject matter, I, I obviously very much enjoyed this episode. Um, I love going to, to forensic science school. I think I could be a detective like now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I know mm-hmm. how to collect evidence, mm-hmm. Petri dish tape lifts. I, I listened really, really close, uh, I think I could do it. Um, and uh, and again, I'm glad that they that they caught this guy and that he's never going to fucking see the light of day again. So there is justice sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, well done. So what do you got next? I will just have to keep you guessing. Okay. All right. I guess uh, we'll have to wait. Um, well, thank you again, Murder Chronicles Nation, for spending some time with us today. Hope you enjoyed uh, the episode as much as Carol and I enjoy making them for you. Um, please take a moment to consider supporting the great shows that support our show. Sorry, excuse me. Let me back up. Please consider supporting the great companies that support our show. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Uh, Carolyn, anything you'd like to add? Oh, thank you so much. Oh, we hit our million subscribers. I mean, not subscribers, our million downloads. Woo-hoo! One million downloads. One million downloads. Um, I wish you could see uh, Brandon flexing. That. <laughs> How does that go again? My guns are filling up the whole screen. They wish they could see it. Uh, hey, congratulations on a million. That was when did that happen? Last week? Um, so, sometime. We're we're well past a million now. That's good. Well, whoa, whoa, hubba, hubba. hubba, well, hubba. Gotta, we, sh- we should do a post. We should do something to celebrate mm. that. That's that's incredible. Yeah. Congratulations. We're in the top zero zero one percent of any podcast that's ever been made. Did a million dollars? Really? Yep. Okay. Well, thank you, Murder Chronicle. This is not about us. This is like thank you, Murder Chronicle. No, Chronicles. it's about us. It's about us. I'm kidding. <laughs> right? Not. I'm kidding. It's 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 very humbling. Uh, I am uh, really grateful for that. So Carolyn's right. It's about it's about you guys. Thank you for always uh, <clears throat> finding the show and uh, making it part of your weekly routine. We do not take that for granted. I know I've got a, I've got a thing in my throat because I'm so, no, I'm just so choked up about the million downloads. Oh my God. Okay. Thank you so much. So thank you for listening. Refer a friend. Like we want to keep this, this ball rolling. So. Absolutely. And uh, until next week, stay safe out there. Thanks everybody. Bye. The Murder Chronicles is a pie-in-the-sky production recorded live in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We are produced by Brandon Morgan and myself, music by Soundstripe. For Pie in the Sky Media, I'm Carolyn Osorio, your writer and host. Thanks for listening.